Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. An Elio's original. Hello and welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite unsolved mysteries. Each week we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. <laughs> Who knows, we might even solve the case. I'm Allie Siegel. And I'm Melissa Stetton. Before we dive into our main story, we're going to start off each episode with a weird thing we discovered this week. You told me about this one. This is, these are number stations. Which I never heard of. Can you explain to me what it is? They're very creepy. It's these uh, shortwave radio broadcasts that only transmit spoken word numbers or snippets of weird songs and codes. Uh, One theory is that they're part of some espionage efforts by intelligence agencies of different countries. Or they're the work of organized drug smugglers, or they're actually communications between aliens. And some of them are still being broadcast to this day. There's a couple famous ones. One's called the Swedish Swedish Rhapsody. This music starts playing. These are just random radio stations? Yes. And then this one has like numbers. Is that a baby voice? I don't like it. <laughs> it's really creepy. There's one that's this German intelligence gong station is what it's called. What, what do they do there? They're messages that would open with a series of chimes that were followed by a woman shouting out coded number groups. Oh, 
some of them are supposedly from the KGB. That's aliens. This is aliens for That's sure. aliens. I, Maria, producer Maria. Hi, Maria. <laughs> Hi, Maria. <laughs> I don't understand, though. Who put those out and how long have they been on the air for? Some of them have been out since the 60s and the 70s. And they're just replaying over yes. and over? This, the Lincolnshire poacher started in the 70s, and it was transmitted from the island of Cyprus. This is so creepy. This is an English folk song. This makes me think this show Lost is real. Well, yeah, this is probably from coming from the hatch in the island. <laughs> Where can you listen to them? I know there's like, it's from shortwave radio, which is a radio waves in the shortwave band can be reflected or refracted from a layer of electrically charged atoms in the atmosphere called the ionosphere. So I guess they're just megahertz at different levels than what we normally hear on like FM AM radio. I got it. So you need a shortwave radio to play. I can answer this question like a champ. Well, let's hear it. Anyone anywhere in the world can listen in simply by tuning a radio to the frequency 4625 kilohertz does anyone have a shortwave radio can you buy them on amazon i don't know but this is this is uh once or twice a week uh wait 24 hours a day seven days a week for the last three and a half decades uh this radio station has been broadcasting a dull monotonous tone for for a few seconds it's joined by a second sound like some ghostly shipped foghorn then a drone but yeah, if you know where to tune yeah. into these, or if you know of any other ones, drop us a line. Yeah, email us at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com or send us a message on Melissa's Twitter. Di- I mean, Maria's dying to say well, something Well, right I just, like... <laughs> what is it, Maria? <laughs> well, on the website War on the Rocks, yeah. um, they say number stations have been in existence since World War One. Over the years, they have attracted sporadic interest from journalists, video game designers, and filmmakers. Despite this attention, there are few explanations of what these signals actually are. Too often, they are described as creepy, spooky, or mysterious, and the That's discussion sure. stops there. It may be disappointing to some, but these stations are not signals from aliens or mind-control devices. Yeah, right. Buzzkill. Nor are they dead relics of the Cold War. Rather, these stations are part of the sophisticated work of intelligence agencies and military militaries and they are very much still on the air and then they say the rest of the article will go on to describe i'm not not into that explanation either yeah i mean that's still interesting like why are they transmitting codes yeah it's like war related stuff like secret codes of like coordinates maybe yeah coordinates 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 Anyway, should we get on with our episode? <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into our, our episode about the Dyatlov Pass. By the way, this episode has a lot of facts and Russian names. So buckle up. Buckle up. Just f- keep following along. Yeah, you can do it. And uh, I, we don't know how to pronounce a lot of them. Sorry in advance. Sorry in advance. Here we go. <laughs> of nine hikers were found almost 60 years ago. A group of hikers died in mysterious circumstances. It had become known as the Dyatlov Pass incident. Ah! 
One could possibly explain this rather bizarre looking behavior. The cause of their deaths still unknown. Now police and emergency teams have In 1959, the bodies of a nine-member hiking expedition were found frozen to death near their campsite in the Ural Mountains. Made up mostly of students and graduates from the Ural Polytechnic Institute, the team had set out on January 27th to reach another mountain about seven miles away called the Gora Ortorten. After being sidetracked by a snowstorm, they pitched a tent on the eastern slope of Kolat Siakl on February 2nd. That night they died. Apart from the fact that they froze to death, no one knows how or why the experienced hikers died. Police and military investigators were baffled by what they found. Their tent had been sliced open from the inside and abandoned, with their belongings left behind. The placement and condition of their bodies, some found as far as a mile from the tent and buried under 13 feet of snow, were odd to say the least. Additionally, one hiker was found with a fractured skull, another was missing their eyes, another a tongue, some were found in sparse clothing, and others were found in the clothing of their friends, which tested high for radiation. Their bodies had aged, they had gray hair, and their skin also emitted a soft orange glow. The investigators concluded the cause of death was an unknown compelling force that the hikers were unable to overcome. As of February 1st, 2019, the Russian authorities reopened the investigation so that they could finally put the case and all the conspiracy theories to rest. Let's break down who these hikers were and how they each died. There were 10 hikers, eight men and two women. The names are very Russian, so I need Melissa to pronounce them. So there's only one survivor, Yuri Yudin. He was 23. He left the expedition early. He had rheumatism and was complaining of knee pain and decided to quit. He later died in 2014 at the age of 75. There's Yuri Dorshenko, age 21. Yuri Kravanashenko, age 23. That's right, there were three people named Yuri on this expedition. They were the first two bodies to be found almost a mile away from the camp. They were shoeless and in their underwear found next to a small fire under a tree. Their hands were burnt. There were broken branches around suggesting they had climbed the tree to get away from something or to get a better look at the territory. There's Igor Dyatlov. He's 23. He was the leader of the group and also the pass was eventually named after him. Uh, Zaneda Kolmogorova. That's a girl. She's 22. And Rustam Slobodin is 23. All three of these hikers were found dead between the tree and the tent, in poses suggesting that they were on their way back to the tent. All three were dead of hypothermia, but Rustern had a two-inch gash in his head and a fractured skull, one boot on and four socks on the right foot, nothing on the left. The last four hikers were Semyon Alexander, age 38, significantly older than the rest of the group, Ludmila Dubinia, she's the other girl, she's 20, Alexander Kolevitov, he's 24, and Nikol Vladimirovich, age 23. Now, unlike the other five hikers who all died of hypothermia, the group was found under 13 feet of snow down a slope and most died of trauma. Semyon had severe chest trauma. Ludmila had chest trauma and was missing her eyes and tongue. Alexander had exposed skull bones. They had on more clothes than the other hikers. Semyon was wearing Ludmila's faux fur coat and hat and had a camera around his neck 
weird that he grabbed that while fleeing. And Ludmila's foot was wrapped in a piece of Yuri K's wool trousers. Why did they flee their tent? Why did they leave their belongings behind? Why did some of them freeze to death while others showed signs of internal trauma? Who or what removed the tongue of one of the victims? Why were there traces of radiation on their clothing? Nobody knows. But we've got some theories. Okay, here are some of our best theories. So, Simeon Zolotaryev... This one's wild. He's 37. He's the most mysterious of the hikers. In Dubinia's diary, she wrote that initially no one wanted him to come. They were like, who's this guy? We don't want him to come. But then she felt bad, and then they just let him tag along. He was an instructor, at the school, he was a um, he was like a hiker instructor. He was a former World War II veteran. He had moved around a lot, so he didn't really have a set home. All red flags. Yeah, he announced right before his trip to his students, "quote This whole world will start talking about this trek." What does that mean? He didn't say anything in particular. Only that they will soon find out about everything. He also had a tattoo of an inscription. It's D-A-E-R-M-M-U-A-Z-U-A-Y-A. No one remembers having ever seen this tattoo on his body before he was found dead. It doesn't translate into anything. Okay, which I also have theories about. Oh, what's your theory? Okay, his his family didn't know that he had any tattoos. Right. And I read on Reddit that all the names... Like those are just letters and they're names of people who have come into his life and that some of the names like, okay, so. Because he had the year he was born tattooed on him, 1921. Then like some of the letters translate to the letters of some of the hikers. Oh, I didn't see that. Also, my theory is that, and this, this goes into one of my later theories, that that's some sort of alien tattoo. Oh, yeah, there were aliens involved, for (laughs) sure. (laughs) But that, like, aliens came down, and that's some sort of alien language, and that maybe Semyon actually was an alien. Yeah, because I tried to translate that into any sort of language and look up what it meant, and there is nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. I put it in an anagram machine. And it didn't come out to anything? It came out to Aura Maze, yeah, mud. Aura Maze is kind of interesting. There's, I mean, there's so many other, I don't know what that means. But he also died on his 38th birthday. That's when... They were found. So he also had a camera that no one knew about. Also suspect. Which is weird. They thought they had four cameras. And then all of a sudden, like, because in the diary, they kept diaries of everything. Yeah. And so they're writing about who had cameras. And on his body, they found a camera. When you're escaping a tent, something crazy happened in the tent. Right. When you're escaping, he grabbed his camera and ran out of the tent. Maybe it was a secret pervert camera. Because <laughs> the girl and really all the film didn't was want him to come, and she wrote That's about it true. in her diary, That's being like, true. "Semyon cannot come." He was on this taking trip. pictures of like her sleeping or yeah, something. Yeah, and then secret camera took it. And also, I've seen Semyon also sometimes written as semen. Semen. Well, I mean, I don't know how to pronounce that. Is another <laughs> theory that I just came up with. <laughs> is that his name translates to semen? Which 
who knows but continue so last year on um april 12th 2018 his remains were exhumed upon the initiative of journalists Hmm. so contradictory results were obtained one of the experts stated that the character of the injuries resembled a person knocked down by a car and the dna analysis did not reveal any similarity to the dna of his niece oh so he's like not related but it was tested a month later and it did match although the body could be his brother nicolay who worked for the germans and has been missing since the war in addition, it turned out that the name of Semyon Zolotarev is not on the list of buried people at the Ivana's Vyok Cemetery. So journalists were all suspicious that maybe another person was hiding under his name after the war. Or it's just a government cover up because he's an alien. Yeah, he could be a KGB plant. He had military training. He had military training. And secret tattoos. And secret tattoos. And a secret camera. So he probably and the whole world is going to find out about this mission. Mm hmm. So he was a spy of some sort. Yes, that is one of my that's actually one of my leading theories. OK, go go into that. You think he's a spy? OK, well, I think two of them were KGB agents. Which uh, which other one? One of the Yuri's. OK, OK, so. I feel like all your theories are going to be actually real scientific ones and mine are all like (laughs) Yeti alien. (laughs) So, okay. I think it, I think he and one of the Yuri's, Yuri Doroshenko, because they had, they were both engineer majors in college. They were KGB agents. Okay. They were on a mission to photograph something that was going to be happening in the sky. This is why they brought all of their photo equipment and all this because they brought tripods and they brought like when you're going on a hike. Why else would you do that? In negative 20 degree weather. Why do you bring like all of that equipment? Right. You don't need that. So I think they were going there and they were waiting to film something or take pictures of parachute mines. Yeah. Or those orbs. Maybe the orbs were testing something. Yeah. And so, because there was a tripod set up in one of the photos, yeah, someone had a tripod. And so maybe they heard whatever was happening, loud booming and stuff. And that's why Simeon grabbed his camera because he's like, oh, I'm part of the KGB. I need to take photos of this. And then right. something crazy, they died, an explosion happened. Because also in terms of the explosion, there was some sort of stove. It was a homemade stove. A homemade stove that was attached to the tent. Yes, that was inside the tent. It was Igor Dyatlov. He made this stove, right. which is like kind of janky. But and he was an engineering major, right? Yes. So maybe he just knew how to do it. But in one of the photos of, I can't remember which guy it was, there's a photo of him, his jacket is burned. So there was, the stove was problematic. Yeah, so it, no one says how his jacket was burned, but it was probably caught on fire from, you know, shitty stove. Right. And if the stove started, like, plumbling smoke into the tent... That's why they that's slashed why they, open. They would have slashed open to let smoke yes. out and try to get out. So that's another yes. reason. And then, okay, if there's smoke in the tent, this is the only actual real theory that I might get this into. Is, yeah, I like this The theory. rest is all yetis and aliens. But, okay, so <laughs> let's say the, the tent fills with smoke. And then you go outside and it's freezing cold temperatures that you're not prepared for Mm -hmm. because maybe you're not dressed for it. And then there's some sort of phenomenon when it's super cold outside. Yes. And do you know what I'm talking about? The paradoxical Paradoxical. undressing. Yes. 
So when you get hypothermia, there's a feeling that your skin is burning. And so you start taking off your clothes. Yeah, that's crazy. So that could be one of the reasons why some of them are found in states of undress. Yes. Because they were starting to get hypothermia and started taking off their clothes, which could explain one, the slashes, two, them leaving outside in a state of worry, and then three, part of them being in a state of undress. All feasible. Right. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along, and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let's talk about the UFOs and the... Oh my God, finally. Thank God. So did you read that another group of hikers nearby said that they saw strange lights in the sky? Yes, we talked about that. So there have... Okay, there are these glowing orbs that people have been in the area of seeing in the sky. Not only hikers, though, that they're like country people country <laughs> the people. country people <laughs> the country people the city people people no there is people in the city there is some city that people have been seeing them in yeah so maybe that's why what's his face Simeon, the the older creepy guy maybe that's why he grabbed his camera and everyone was like hey look outside there's this glowing orb so he grabbed his camera they ran outside to take photos and then aliens descended upon them or something crazy happened where they got into a fight. I don't know, because, you know, they have their skulls are fractured. There is a radioactivity, missing body parts, the aging. Right. Yeah, that's weird. Premature aging, um, the orbs, and also their their hair and stuff had grayed. Yeah. So for me, this is what I think happened. Also, I read in a there was an article, a Vice article, which we'll put the link on top of 
um, link on top of. I wonder what that means. We'll put the link on top of. We'll put the link on our Twitter um, or our Facebook. Um, the Vice article says, on top of the bodies, the amount of weird things have been reported regarding these deaths. Some reasonable. Trace amounts of radiation on their clothes. Their bodies were a strange tan color. The eyes and tongue were missing because Dubina was found in a stream. Some note seeing orange orbs around the mountain when the hikers were on it. Their bodies were prematurely aged, etc. Pairs with how the Soviets handled it. The deaths were blamed on spontaneous power of nature and the case was quickly shuttered. Caused many to this day to speculate about what actually caused it. Um, so for me, that's all aliens. Yeah, there's definitely something fishy going on because they closed the case pretty quickly. Yeah, the government monitored the case closely yeah. and then was like shut it down yeah and a lot of the di they all kept diaries and they only found i think like four or five of them yeah and a lot of the details are like the case is closed it's like you can't like open it up the case lockdown like the kgb just had some sort of involvement and was like nope nothing to see here also, I mean, the fact that it was aged, the radiation and um, the graying of like their hair. I think that they a UFO came, the aliens <laughs> suck them up onto their UFO, did experiments on them oh. and then plop them back down. And that's why their bodies were all janky and weird. Yeah, that part is weird to me. Like, why are some of them, why did some of them die from these, like, blows that were supposed to be, like, as hard as a car crash? Yeah, that's UFOs. You don't get that from falling down. A UFO? How do you know? A UFO <laughs> full of Yetis. Have you ever seen that SNL episode where it's, uh, that skit where it's, like, the t the three people were abducted by uh, aliens yes. and it's, like, the two people were, like, I had a really peaceful journey. Yeah. And then Kate McKinnon's, like, it was awful for me. Yeah. I think that's what happened is, like, some people had a peaceful journey at the UFO and then they just died of hypothermia when they got back down and some people were, like, oh, my eyeballs and tongue got ripped out. That could have happened. So that's my, that's my, that's my, so that's one of my assessments is that aliens came, abducted the hikers and just toss them back and out. Then toss them and that's back why out. they were just strewn about. They were strewn about different areas, mm. different things happened to them, radioactivity. Okay. I have this other theory. It's a newer one okay. as of like 2013. Have you read, it's called infrasound. Yes. Okay. So this one is interesting to me. Uh, wind going around the mountain could have created a Carmen Vortex street. This is crazy. Which it's a phenomenon where wind of a certain speed hits a blunt object of a particular shape and size that results in air vortices. So that can create an infrasound, which is below 20 megahertz, lower than what humans can hear. Infrasound it was discovered by this French scientist. He discovered it by accident. His lab assistant started feeling nauseous. Nauseous? Nauseous. <laughs> no, his lab assistant started feeling nauseous. They'd painted their eardrums with no apparent cause, and he concluded that it was inaudible, low-frequency sound waves. It made you go crazy. Yeah. And it couldn't be picked up by microphone. And the exposure led to illness lasting days. So maybe that there was this Carmen Vortex Street of wind on the mountain... And it made them all go crazy. Yes. And go into state of like anxiety, panic attacks, and they just fled the tent. Yeah. Went nuts. And then that made them go in the state of par paradoxical undressing. Yes. And all that stuff happened. Yeah, because 
the sound induces panic because of the pressurized effects pulsing on your eardrums. It sends these crazy impulses to your brain. And so it basically disrupts your whole body, makes you go crazy. They could have heard that ran, like kind of went crazy, slash open the tent. But the way their bodies, some of them were found, they were facing towards the tent as if they were walking back. So maybe they, they stopped the tent. being crazy and yeah. they wanted to go back? The sound dissipated and then they were on the way back because most of them were found facing the tent but do you think that they went crazy and ripped out their own eyeballs and tongues like that's my question well maybe another explanation for that is that it could have just been scavengers like animals coming by and eating because the two people whose eyeballs were missing in the tongue they were by a stream yeah they're in the ravine so maybe little too reasonable for my liking. Yeah, too um, reasonable. <laughs> okay, so my... Um, also, you know what I found that was interesting about the Carmen Vortex? It's also... the. Have you ever heard telephone wires? Heard them? You don't, you don't hear... Oh, do you no. ever hear telephone wires? Oh, no. N- no? Do you oh, have... Oh, my God, this is just a me thing? Wait, no, I... Like, the, that like, weird buzzing? The, gentle buzzing of yeah, telephone the z- wires? Yeah, like, the zapping. The z- yeah, like, the z- Yeah. That's also Carmen Vortex. Oh, is it? Yeah. Like, it can oh. drive you nuts. Like, the just the gentle, like, z- I was thinking that you were, like, you know, those people who are allergic to electricity? Oh, electro- yes. I have you ever seen like, that oh, documentary no. about yes. the people? Yes. Oh, my God, that's crazy. They have to live in the woods with no yes. cell phones or electricity or anything. Yeah, I wonder if that's we like, do an I wonder if on they that. hear, yeah, I wonder if they hear. Yeah, it, it makes them that, sick. Yeah. I've thought that I've had that before. Well, a part of it is a low frequency thing that makes them sick. And that's kind of what this thing creates. Because I always feel so tired and kind of ill that I've I've thought that maybe it's, and I'm around. <laughs> okay, <anyways>. <laughs> That'll be another episode. <laughs> This is not what we're doing right now. Um, okay. My my other theory is uh, the Yeti, mm-hmm. the Siberian Yeti, mm-hmm. which is actually famous. The Russian Yeti. Yeah, it is. It's one of the places the Yeti lives. There's been a Discovery Channel documentary on it. Really? Called The Russian Yeti, The Killer Lives. <laughs> so this is not just me who thinks that. Um, it's also called the The Russian Sasquatch Has a Name. And it's um, Alma, which is a name I can pronounce. Yeah, it's been named. Um, So I think it was, was it Yuri's photo? Whose last photo was of a Yeti? Oh, yeah, it's one of their photos. (laughs) Yeah, someone's last photo was of a Yeti. So to me... And you said it looked a little grainy. And I've heard yeah. on Reddit people think that it's it looks like maybe it's someone in a puffy jacket just yeah. leaning over. Yeah. I think not. You um, think- <laughs> also, the hits to the head and the bodies of the three hikers, to me, suggest that a Yeti attacked them. Yeah, something had to have attacked them. Also, this might be um, a conspiracy. I'm not sure. It can't be substantiated. But I read on... Um, the very accurate website Reddit that a scrap of, did you read this? That a scrap of paper was found near the hikers. No. That said from now on, we know that snowman exists. What? (laughs) It's not real. Yeah. I read that. What? Yeah. From now on, we know snowman exists. Oh my God. Yeah. So what I think happened is that they, a Yeti came and attacked them. 
they took a picture and then oh. one of their diary entries, the last thing, they scrawled out, snowmen exist, and then they all died. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. So that's another that's another one I have. Another thing that I looked up, which I don't think, because uh, this would have, in the autopsy, I think that they they did check their, their stomachs for yes. what they had eaten. And it was all just like food and blood. Yeah. Common conspiracy is that maybe they were shrooming. Oh. And just went crazy. Oh, because there's shrooms in that area. Oh, that's interesting. Because they they did I don't know what they did with like a drug test, but they like found alcohol, but they didn't. I mean, they checked their stomachs. It was like ham and bacon and stuff that they had eaten earlier. (laughs) Classic death by ham stomach. But also, um, uh, Zaneda. Yeah, she was she the one who was found without her tongue. Yeah, she okay. They found coagulated blood in her stomach suggesting that she might have been alive when her tongue was removed shut the fuck up yeah that's a weird theory well then that discredits the whole like she was dead and animals ate her unless she was still she was just so frozen she couldn't do anything yeah i don't know she was found there there are photos of all of their bodies but she was found kind of like in an up position like We'll put the photos on our Patreon and that's the only, we're going to wipe the web of all the photos (laughs) and then we're going to put the photos on our Patreon. So then that's the only place you can get them. And you'll have to actually, unfortunately, just donate a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars to see them. Um, But yeah, so maybe she was shrooming and I don't know, I've never done shrooms, but can you have a bad trip and bite out your own tongue and gouge out your eyeballs? I've done shrooms a few times and... You know, I've never. How crazy does want, it get? I mean, not that. I mean, if you take a lot of mushrooms, yeah. you can go crazy. But mm, I don't know. Maybe did you read about the Mansi people? Yeah, a little, yeah. The native. Did you have a people? theory on them? Sort of. Maybe they were like upset that they were in their area and they just came and like attacked them. Yeah. So like the Mansi people were a tribe who lived in the area. And they were like a private and spiritual people. And I guess on the mountain, there are a lot of prayer houses and like mysterious stones. And there hadn't been any um, violence that occurred with the Mansi people for the past 30 years. So that kind of discredits this, (laughs) which is still important for me to say. But apparently one of the theories is that maybe they did a ritual sacrifice of the hikers. That's possible. Yeah. But also I'm thinking maybe the Mansi people had good shrooms. Maybe. Or maybe the Mansi people had some sort of alliance with the Yeti or the aliens. They had a, yeah, alliance with the Yeti. (laughs) Anyways, you do now one of your uh, good, (laughs) one of your scientific Well, one of the main theories is an avalanche. The theory is that maybe they heard a loud boom and they were like, oh, shit, an avalanche. So they slit open the back of the tent because it was dark. They couldn't see anything. And they just ran away fast. They got separated and they couldn't find their way back. So but this theory is widely debunked because there hadn't been any instances of avalanches in that area in like 100 years no hikers have gone there and ever said there were avalanches. And their tent was found. It, it would have been swept away. Right. And also there were still footprints. There were still footprints. 
And also, well, that would explain, though, the car crash. Um, yeah, the injuries. Injuries, because I imagine that the speed of an avalanche is similar to the speed of a car crash. Sure. But also, Igor Dyatlov, the leader, they were all pretty experienced hikers. So I would think that he would know not to... Yeah, Pooch a tent where an avalanche could possibly come. That's to note that these were like class two hikers yeah. getting their class three yeah. credential. Yeah. That they're, these are like the best of the best hikers. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. They they're, weren't just like la-di-da walking in negative 20 degree weather. Yeah, they know what they're doing. This is my last uh, theory um, is they're struck by lightning. Oh. Yeah. So the orange orbs in the sky were actually lightning. Huh. And so the tent started maybe like the burns in the tent or the cuts in the tent were actually lightning strikes. <laughs> and they were and the their burnt hands. Yeah, their hands were burnt. Their hands were burnt. The branches were like cut off. Maybe that was all lightning. Maybe there was some weird lightning shower. And maybe that's why like their tongues and their eyeballs were out. Maybe it was an electrocution kind of thing. Oh, and maybe that's possible. I think lightning can probably do the same effect as a car crash. Yeah, probably if you're like struck by lightning and you're like kind of thrown to the ground. Yeah. So that's hmm. my final theory is struck by lightning. I have a theory that I believe is a new theory. Ooh. Okay, so I was looking up to see if there were any serial killers in Russia during this time. Oh my God, I like where this is going. There were not any active... But the roast, the Rostov Ripper. Holy shit. Who's the was, Rostov Ripper? His name is Andre Chikatilo. He sexually assaulted, murdered, and mutilated at least 52 women and children between 1978 and 1990. But in 1959, he would have been 23 at the time. Oh my God. Do you think that he was one of the hikers? He, or I searched his history and he moved to a town called. Nizgi Tagil at the base of the Ural Mountains doing construction around 1957. So he was apparently living there at the time. Oh my God. And so Melissa, it's this, this, I looked on a map and this place is about a hundred miles from the entrance to the Dyatlov Pass. We need to do a whole other episode just <laughs> researching this guy. Yeah. So maybe because his his uh, murders weren't recorded until 1978, like 20 years later. But perhaps these were his first victims. Oh, because he my. knew the area well. So maybe he just like joined in and was like, don't take photos of me. I'm camera shy. Yeah, because they were inside the tent. Something happened inside the tent for them to slash it open. Oh, my God. I was just dating a guy who wouldn't <laughs> let me take photos of him because he said he was oh, camera yeah. shy. And when you just said that, I oh, just got no. triggered. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but continue. I mean, I'd be suspicious of that guy. So maybe he was in the tent and started. Oh that would also explain the slashes. Maybe yes. he was. Oh trying to God. stab. Yeah. And they slashed the tent. And so they slashed the tent and they ran out of the tent. Oh, and my so, gosh. Because the two guys were found by that tree, there were in their hands or on the on the tree, there were there was flesh yeah. on the tree. So either they were like climbing up to get away from to him. get away. And he just killed the other 
This is my people. favorite theory. Yeah. You know what we need yeah. to do? We need to post this theory um, on our Facebook or our Reddit. Yeah. And see what people think. Because I tried to, I Googled like the serial killer in the Dialove Pass and there were not any connections made. Well, we've made it. This original a, theory. Original theory for <laughs> web crawlers is it was a serial killer. What was his name again? Andre Chikatilo, the Rostov Ripper. The Rostov Ripper. Was that your yeah. last one? I think so. I have a question. Yeah. This is producer Maria. Is the, the premature aging thing is the interesting thing to me. Doesn't it have to do with radiation poisoning for like, and would you think that maybe Russia was doing nuclear testing in some way and that it somehow got to where they were? Yeah. Well, one theory is that their bodies were discolored because they were out in the sun for so long, but also orange skin is a side effect of radiation poisoning and their their hair was gray um in the movie um devil's past they made a movie out of this uh event and it's not a it's not like a documentary or about this but it's about a, a group of university of oregon students um i think the movie's from 2013 it's a horror movie who try to figure out what happened to Igor and the hikers? Spoiler alert, it happened. The movie's from 2013. So if you haven't seen it yet, then, you know, that's on you. But they, it turns out that it was, you know, the Russian um, government doing radiation tests and time travel. Time testing. travel testing. Yeah. Which is why that they were prematurely aged. Um, what is the, I'm looking up now, the effects of radiation poisoning. Oh, another thing about the footprints is that they were like not the footprints of people who were rushing out of the tent. They were like walking slowly. I'm not, I don't know how they determined that, but like based on like the depth of the footprints, yeah. they were like, oh, they walked out of the tent. They were not running. They were walking so maybe they're in a state of curiosity about what was outside. Yeah, that's why I think it was some some military testing was happening and they so went to photograph it. So maybe the orange glows were military radiation or nuclear testing. Yeah. Um, and that's why they went out to take pictures of it. Maybe it's because that they were secret agents. And then that's, you know, they passed away from it somehow, maybe because, you know, the government found them, saw what they were doing and killed them and then tried to cover it up. And the premature aging is because they got radiation poisoning. Yeah, that I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Like how else how else would they have died? Like why why are some of them why do they have broken ribs? And some of them had their knuckles were they had skin missing as if they were like getting Fighting. into fights. And they had like scratches on their, some of them scratches on their face as if like they were like beaten up or like, huh. it's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Nothing makes Nothing sense. Nothing makes sense. What but happened in the tent for them to cut open the tent? It's crazy. But as we out? mentioned, they have now reopened the case. Yeah. But they're only investigating natural phenomena. Right. Which we is like avalanche. Yeah weather disasters so on yeah. and so forth however we are going to continue <laughs> with our serial killer theory because i'm most interested in that do you have a leading theory what do you think it was after our discussions today i do think that there was 
a cover-up with the KGB. Okay. Because the KGB is just shady. Yeah. And I think the 38-year-old Semyon, I think he was part of the military. Interesting. Because he had past military experience. I think he was there on some sort of a mission, either him or someone else. And they were supposed to photograph something happening. This is why he brought his secret camera with him. Because he didn't want the other people in the group to know. He was supposed to be photographing something, whether it was experiments on the other hikers that he had to photograph or something happening in the sky, like explosions or like bomb testing or something. Maybe it was a suicide mission of like he had to go photograph something happening and the KGB knew to find his body and knew that he had a camera on him and they destroyed the other diaries because the other maybe some people found out something about him. My leading theories is I like that one. That's probably the most probable. I mean, and that's also in addition to like the Carmen Vortex paradoxical undressing stuff. I am a big fan of the Siberian Yeti just because I really (laughs) want it to be true. And then I like the new one that you came up with about the serial killer. Yeah, that's really interesting to me. And I want to look more into that. So that's about it. I guess if you have any more information, if you're listening please contribute it. Melissa, where can people contact us? People can find us on Twitter at webcrawlerspod, Instagram webcrawlerspod. We got a Facebook page, webcrawlerspod, webcrawlerspod everywhere. Everywhere. Just Google it. Okay, guys, just remember, leave no thread unturned. Signing off. I'm Allie. And I'm Melissa. This is Webcrawlers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. 
To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.